Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we just thank you this morning. Um, we thank you for your grace and mercy that is raining fresh on us right now. We thank you for um, us being able to come together uh, and hear your word and understand and learn. Lord, we just pray that uh, you fill us up this morning, that you give us your revelation that you want for us to carry forth this morning through your word. Um, I surrender myself to you, that this be your word and not my own. Uh, Lord, I just pray for everybody on this call and everybody listening further on that they receive something and it helps them grow deeper in their relationship with you. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right, everyone, get a good stretch in. Get that cup of coffee. Help me. That's my last sip. All right. <laughs> uh, getting into uh, the word Genesis 23, uh, reading out of the New King James as I normally do. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kerjoth Arba, which is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the, choice, in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth. And he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and meet with Ephron, the son of Zoar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he, <clears throat> which he has, which is at the end of his field, and let him give it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. Now Ephron dwelt among <clears throat> the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, all who entered at the gate of his city, saying, No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land, and he spoke to Ephron in hearing of the people of the land, saying, if you will give it 
please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me and I will bury my dead there. And Ephron answered Abraham saying to him, my Lord, listen to me. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephron and Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephron, which he had named in the hearing of the <clears throat> sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver currency of the merchants. So the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which was before Merah, the field and the cave, which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within all the surrounding borders, were deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, before Merah, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. The word of the Lord. It's a sad chapter where we have one of the female patriarchs of the faith that has passed away. Sarah was actually um, one of, I believe the, yeah, Sarah is the um, only woman in the Bible to have her age recorded at death. To some of us, and in, in, uh, as we read that, that may not mean much, but to have the only woman that has her age recorded at her death is a high, high honor to have that put in the Bible. To have that put in scripture and to record that definitely in, if you think about it in the um, cultural time when Genesis and everything was written by Moses, as tradition holds, is that to name the age in which you died was a level of honor and respect because attention was wanting to be given to that person so much so that you knew that detail, that you knew that understanding of that person. And so therefore, that was known and it was recorded. We see only actually a few of men as well in Genesis here and quite a lot, they said, and they died at this age and they had this many eight years of life, but it wasn't everybody that was recorded. Only the specific genealogy of, of a line of men that we have watched throughout Genesis so far, also their ages were recorded, but not everybody. And so there's a level of when it's recorded in scripture like this, that it's a high honor and it's something that to say, to denote that we need to pay attention to that person. So it's, it's kind of an interesting way. So whenever you see that in here, note that it is somebody worth paying attention to for a particular reason. Sarah also was uh, specifically, if Abraham is considered the father of the nation of Israel, Sarah is the mother. Sarah is the mother of the nation of Israel, and it is also noted that Sarah is actually, um, unlike Mary, the mother of Jesus, Sarah is noted to actually be paid attention to twice in the Bible, that we should look to her 
as a patriarch, as somebody to uh, emulate in the word of God. This is both in Isaiah 51, verse 1 and 2, and also in the New Testament in 1 Peter 3, 3 through 6. That Sarah was somebody to pay attention to. Sarah was somebody that was a good, godly woman that honored her husband in a, in a good and correct way in, in God's eyes. That this was somebody to continue to emulate and to pass down and use as teaching to our children. Sarah is the mother of the nation. And so Sarah is highly regarded. Abraham is just wanting to make sure to properly mourn her. You know, and at this time, he's, he, he gets the idea and he gets the understanding that uh, both him and Sarah are blessed heavily by the Lord and are used specific by the Lord as well uh, for what all of his promises were. But of course, he has real, probably like all of us, the limited understanding of what God is truly doing through him to where we are today now as we look back at the history of everything from then to now. And so we see that Abraham is wanting to uh, properly bury his wife. You know, the whole chapter in here is primarily talking about how to mourn in the death of somebody very close. It's one of the few things that actually every person on earth will have to deal with at some point, whether uh, is, is death. We will all have to deal with earthly bodily death into some, some capacity. Many of us have already dealt with that sometime in our life where we've had to deal with a loss of somebody very close to us. Whether it's a dear friend, we lost a mother or a father, or we unfortunately, even worse, lost one of our own children. Death is uh, very difficult for so many people. But here, I think it's a really good example of what Abraham is doing is that he's wanting to mourn her properly. He's wanting to give honor to the woman that has stood by his side and has been faithful, not only to him, but to their God. He's wanting to make sure that she has a proper burial. And he comes to this land and he makes an announcement in verse four, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you, or a sojourn is uh, some of the translations used as well. Abraham understood that this earth is not our permanent home. Abraham understood that this life on earth is a, is a means to get to where God has for us for eternity that this was a temporal time for us and that we are, we are merely visitors. And so it is one of those comforting feelings uh, to understand that when we lose somebody and if they've known the Lord, that they are with the Lord. And that we get to actually celebrate life instead of make it a debilitating feeling that hurts us so bad. We see that Abraham is also, he's wanting to make sure to have a proper burial site. 
a place to continue to go back and remember and honor her memory. And we do that still today is we, we bury our dead and we put them somewhere that we can come back and honor them. We can come back and remember them. And it's a good, healthy thing to do in our lives. Because we never want to think of the idea that our loved ones are forgotten. And they're not. They're not forgotten. But one of the things is, is how are they remembered? How are they remembered? Are we remembering the loss of people close to us in a way that's bringing good life lessons to us? that's bringing good examples to us to uh, raise up and do better or do as they did in good situations. And that kind of makes us all think as we're living now, how will we be remembered as well? Will people look back at us and go, wow, the faith of that person, I want to have that faith. The faith of that person I want to emulate that. The faith and the dedication and de devotion and the obedience to the Lord was so great and so good that I want to emulate that. Is that going to be your story when you're remembered as well? That lessons don't just die when the person dies, lessons move on, that those things continue to grow. Furthermore, and here we get to see that Sarah is remembered so, so much further on. And that we're looked, we're pointed to look back at her and take lessons from her life as a good, devout, godly woman. A good wife to Abraham that stuck by his side through thick and thin, through good, better or worse as well. Because we've seen that they didn't make always the best decision between the two of them. They didn't always do the right thing uh, in their journey as husband and wife. But regardless of the mishaps or the uh, proper things to do or the, the faith that they had, they stuck together through it all. And here, her beloved husband is wanting to honor her. And barrier. We see that also that Abraham is burying her in a health, a healthy way. He's moving on and uh, mourning in a healthy manner. That he's keeping his composure. He's wanting to honor her death and make sure that she's buried in a proper place, in a place that can be brought back to and remembered. He's not letting it debilitate him. He's not letting this crush him so much that he just shrivels up and turns into a ball of nothing. Unfortunately, we see that with some people. That death and the loss of somebody that they love so much is so debilitating that it basically crushes them. That the, it's not just for a season, but it has all ultimately destroyed in, in such a way the person that it has transformed them into something that we all don't want to look at. We've heard stories or we've known somebody, or maybe that person is us, 
that that has happened to. That a loss in your life has hurt you so bad that it has just basically crushed you. And it's a, an example here how Abraham is going through a loss, but he's not letting it crush him. How we operate after the death of somebody else is either going to honor them or it's going to kind of taint the memory of that person if we let it destroy us. When we see that somebody is just so utterly destroyed after uh, the death of somebody in their life, that they just crumble and fall apart, that so much that like you just, they, they don't leave the couch, they don't leave their, their bed, they just, they don't go to work anymore, they just don't do anything, and it just, it, it's just so saddening, it's almost like everybody else around them is having to mourn twice. And this is an unhealthy way to mourn. This is an unhealthy way to move forward. But yet we see other healthy ways to mourn, healthy ways to honor them. And that's the whole point here is to honor that life. Is to honor the life that they had here on this earth and to say, what lessons can we take from that person? What lessons can we learn from whoever it is that has passed on that we can use right now in our faith journey while we're still here to honor the Lord? Maybe it's a lesson that, hey, don't follow their example, or maybe it is a lesson to say you should follow their example, but either way, it's a lesson we should learn. But when we don't learn those lessons, when we hold on to something so tightly that it just de debilitates people and it just crushes them to where they, they're not almost functioning anymore, that even breathing is a minute-by-minute uh, -minute task, it's not honoring anymore. It's actually a gateway for the enemy to continue to use to crush us and to thwart us away from the purpose in which we still have while we draw breath on this earth. And it actually takes away from the honor in which the person that has passed on. It's almost like, hey, you're diverting the attention away from where the honor belongs to now I'm having to help this person out so much. We got to look at what Abraham is doing. He's going to find a good burial place. He's going through those. Uh, and we have so much more nowadays that we have to go through when it's, if anybody's done anything to actually set up a funeral, uh, you know that it's a lot of work in a very short amount of time. It's a lot of work to uh, put that ceremony together, to get all the arrangements done and to find the proper burial place and where it, that needs to happen. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Here, Abraham maintains his honor and maintains his, if you will, his respect and his politeness. 
there's kind of an odd situation here that you have to kind of understand the cultural context here as to when Ephraim is basically telling him you can have the land for free, you can have that burial place for her for free. You can have the cave of Mechmpella, uh on your own, just take it. What is that to you and I as friends? Understand that culturally, this is, this is kind of an odd way to negotiate price. <laughs> What it is, is that Abraham is a, a man that is well honored and understood. Everyone can tell that he is highly blessed and favored by the Lord around him. This is no stranger to other people, but they do know that even though he's highly blessed and favored, he, he doesn't technically in a uh, earthly way own much land, but he's given land by God. Here is actually one of the few times that actually Abraham gets land in a deed form from a human interaction of taking on that land. And that it's recognized fully by all the other people around him in a legal standpoint. And that he is deeded that land in there. But this interaction of how he got that land is kind of funny where he's handed it for free and he goes no i'm going to pay for it and he maintains this humble and he bows to him and he uh gives honor to him it's a funny interaction but that's kind of how when two men that have a high stature are honoring each other and it would be an insult if it stopped there it would actually be an insult if abraham would just take the land for free it would, it just, it's kind of a funny thing, right? If I came up to you, oh no, you don't have to pay for it. Here, please let this be a gift to you. Uh, don't worry about it, right? In our culture, that's great. You'd run away happy. Thanks for the gift, Nick. Awesome. That really made my whole morning process a little bit easier. But here in this cultural context, it's, it's really not. It would actually be, um, uh, dishonoring to just take that and not actually give some money for it there's also a level of in that uh, money exchange that there's a uh, a respect given to it in a in kind of a cultural context that way so he asks how much is this land worth some theologians kind of put or look back at this and the amount that he gives him for that time period, um, the 400 shekels of silver is within the range of fare, but it's probably on the high side. So like this would start the exchange of uh, where we're going to go back and forth and barter for what the real price needs to be. But Abraham doesn't do that. He's like, I will dispense in the pleasantries here of this um, talk and you're giving it to me for free. That's very nice. That's, uh, that's very honoring to me that you would say that. Uh, but I also want to honor you and say, I'm not taking it for nothing. I'm going to pay for it because I want to honor you in this. And so how much is it? And he would give him a price and the price is in the fair area, but it's on that high side of fair and Abraham just says, 
I, you know, we're good here. I'll pay it for to you with no word, no uh, discrepancy, no going back and forth. He just honors him right there. We see that Abraham has basically kept his composure under such a highly emotional time. Anybody that's lost somebody knows that, man, emotions get the best of some people. And this is a time when, when emotions run probably the highest in any of our lives is during the mourning and death of somebody in our family or our friends. We've probably known those people and we make usually excuses for certain people's behavior because of their high emotional state oh they're just oh just just ignore that dirty comment from aunt whoever or uncle jim bob somewhere or whatever because they're just so emotional right now there's they just whatever and we make excuses for that but honestly here looking at abraham we need not live in our emotions it's really no excuse because how we act in the midst of mourning, how we act in the midst of going through a ceremony, in, in the midst of honoring our loss, our current actions on earth also are a symbol of honoring or dishonoring as well. We are called to be, to in a New Testament context, to die to our sins, to die to our fleshly ways, and that includes how we act when we're overly emotional. That includes that no matter what is going on in our life, emotion, that there should be some level of composure and discipline to ourselves that regardless of the situation, that we're going to be polite, that we're going to honor other people we're going to dispense in cultural pleasantries that don't create hostility, specifically when it gets really highly emotional. We see that this was an honoring and respected transaction between him and the people of that land. That now that land was properly given over, there was no dispute, there was no arguing. It was peaceful and it was honoring so that furthermore, the honoring of his passing wife can be done in peace. It can be done with respect. This is so remembered that, and this is the beginning of what is known as the tomb of the patriarchs and his actual site you can go to in Israel right now. The cave of um, uh, Machpelah here is an actual site, and there's actually a huge um, building and structure, and we'll see that Sarah was the first to go in there uh, for their burial place, but Abraham and others will also join her, that, and that this is known as the Cave of the Patriarchs. This is an actual site we can visit. This is a site that all three religions really kind of hold on to, just like in the contention of that we see in Jerusalem. Uh, but this is a place that also Muslims, um, Jews, and Christians all come to see. 
So it even gives more historicity, if you will, to the life of Sarah and to the life of Abraham. That these patriarchs of the faith are still being remembered today, are still being honored at their burial site today. But for us today, may we look back at those that we have lost. How can we continue to honor them? How can we continue to remember them? And how can we learn from lessons of their life to improve our current life now? And those are things that we should do on, on a regular basis. And we do that every so often. We have uh, great holidays. We're coming up on the 4th of July. We had Memorial Day in a while, and anybody that is a service member, unfortunately, has to deal with death a little bit more than others. And not just a military service member, but police and fire and everybody else that serves our great nation and our great communities. We have unfortunately had to deal with this subject of death more often than we'd probably like to, than what is normally in a most person's time having to deal with. But how we honor them, how we honor them now is a way to actually honor them. Are we doing it in respect? Are we doing it with understanding and taking lessons from their life and seeing attributes in their life that would increase or build us up in our faith, in our walk, and being able to raise other people up as well? Are they encouraging stories? And maybe even, honestly, some lessons of what not to do. Now, my grandmother always, uh, she said this story to me all the time. And it was always a little quick lesson of watching where you go when you're walking on the road. Because she was the youngest of 17 kids. 17 kids she was the youngest she um her her family hails from spain and here in the united states she's youngest of 17 and uh one of her brothers um forgot his name was walking down the road and unfortunately was not watching where he's going and a truck drove by a tire popped off the truck and actually spun backwards and killed him instantly so it's always been this story that my grandmother has given me to say watch where you're going watch what's going on around the road and keep your eyes around you kind of a as to me it was always a funny story because I never knew him uh, of course he, he that story happened much much uh, earlier before I was definitely born but what stories do you have that kind of have brought life lessons to you? Maybe it's not humorous like that. Maybe it's not, um, you know, whatever. But those are some of the things that we do to kind of remember who we've had. Remember who was there. And here, we get to look back at Sarah and see how faithful she was how honoring she was, 
how persistent she was to stay with Abraham and to stay with the faith. So may we look back not on this story of her death, but let's look back at her life. And let's look back at those that we also remember in our lives. And let's take those lessons. Let's grow from what they've had. Let's grow from what they've done. Let's remember the good times. And let's mourn when we have to mourn. Let's be in that season of mourning in a healthy way. Let's help each other through those times. But don't stay stuck there. And we've all unfortunately maybe either seen or been or known somebody that has kind of been stuck in that. And that's an unhealthy way. That's a dishonoring way in a way too. But let's keep moving forward. Let's keep our faith strong. And let's hold dear to everything that we have. Let's hold dear to the lessons that we have. Let's hold dear to the family that we have right now. Let's hold dear to our friends. And let's help build each other up and encourage each other as a body of Christ. Till that day that we pass on and we go be with our Heavenly Father. And let's call it a celebration of life. A celebration of moving on to where we truly are at home with our Lord. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning that even though it's a subject a lot of us, we, we tend not wanting to talk about. We don't like talking about death. We don't like talking about that moving on that and kind of remembering that we're not really home here. That home is actually in your presence, Lord. That home is in heaven with you. But Lord, may, may these lessons be something that we take with us. The way we see the, um, the humbleness and uh, the pleasantries and the respect and honor that Abraham had in such a high emotional time for him in losing of his wife, that he still maintained his composure, that he still maintained honor and respect, and that others respected him, and that we also take that example with us that our emotions should not be something that is, is so overpowering and dictating of our actions. Lord, may we just continue to honor you as well through everything that we do, through mourning of our loss and taking lessons and life lessons from them. Lord, may you bring us knowledge, wisdom, and discernment and looking back at all of those situations and being able to move forward in the way that you have for us in your will, in your path for each of us. Lord, may while we take breath on this earth, may we be light for your kingdom. May we grow your kingdom as well, Lord. May we show everyone where our true home is, and that is with you. So Lord, we just thank you so much this morning for everything. I pray a blessing over everybody on this call and a blessing over everyone that's listening to it as well. Lord, may you be with us and give us guidance and wisdom. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen.